Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing, the show where busy people like you learn how to build substantial passive income while creating wealth for the long term. And now, here's your host, Marco Santarelli. Hello and welcome to another episode of Passive Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Marco Santarelli, and I'm glad you're here. I have an exciting episode for you today because it's something that is actually very important and it's the real perspective of looking at the returns on real estate and realizing how powerful it can be. So this episode is really about the real returns of real estate investing. You know, there's a famous real estate investing quote and it goes something like this, don't wait to buy real estate, buy real estate and wait. Now, for most people that just makes sense. In fact, it's probably common sense. You know, you buy and hold real estate and you increase your wealth over time. But really, let's dive in and look at why the suggestion in this quote is to buy real estate and wait. Why do you wait? Well, I'm going to illustrate that, but it's going to go way beyond that because what I'm going to show you in verbal format here is the power and the high returns that you can achieve investing in real estate, even in your first year. See, a lot of people don't believe that they can achieve returns in the 20%, 30%, or even higher return on investment. I'm talking total return on investment in year one, meaning after 12 months of owning a property. It is doable, very doable, happens all the time. Of course, you want to make sure that you're investing prudently and wisely, not just going after highly speculative plays or being in very undesirable neighborhoods or investing in the war zone. You know, you just want to follow the suggestions, methods, and strategies that we talk about here all the time, not just on the show, but my investment counselors and what they talk about with you as our clients or prospective clients. I mean, we all essentially drink the same Kool-Aid and follow the same investment philosophies and strategies here. So they are sound, tried, true, and proven, and they work virtually all the time. So if you stick to that, you have a formula for success. Now, let's talk about the real returns of real estate investing. Basically, there are three areas that generate returns for you as a real estate investor. And this is what makes real estate such a powerful investment. So the three dimensions of real estate as an investment are income, equity, and appreciation. And I know I've talked about this on and off over time, over the last five, six years, uh, in the acronym IDEAL, and that is I-D-E-A-L. You can obviously see that three of those elements are in here, the income, the equity, and the appreciation. What I'm not talking about today is the depreciation, which is a beautiful, beautiful benefit that helps to lower or eliminate the tax impact on the income from the property. And I'm not going to talk about the leverage, but I'm going to make the assumption we're using leverage. So I'll get into that and some examples here shortly. So the three dimensions are income, equity, and appreciation. Now we can break these three down into two general kinds of returns. There are the realized gains or realized returns and the unrealized gains or unrealized returns. So realized gains or realized returns refer to the cash flow. It's the income. It's the spendable cash that you get each and every month and each and every year. Those are realized because it's here, it's in your hand, it's liquid, it's spendable, it's real cash. The unrealized gains are what you gain 
each and every month and each and every year in terms of equity growth and in terms of appreciation. So when you refinance a property or sell a property or maybe put a line of credit like a HELOC on a property, that's when you can tap into those unrealized gains because now you are essentially releasing that from the property and realizing those gains. So until then, the equity and appreciation is an unrealized gain. So income, equity, and appreciation can be broken down into realized and unrealized gains. But if you are gaining equity and appreciation in a property month after month or year after year, it's still a return on your investment. It's there. It's just not necessarily liquid right away, but it's there and it can be tapped into. So let's take a look at some examples and I'm going to leave you with some takeaways today. Now, I have to make some assumptions just to keep this conversation as simple as possible. And I like to keep things simple. So we're going to use my typical $100,000 property. You can adjust this however you like. You can model this any way you like. You can look at a $200,000 property, $150,000 property. The formulas, the math, and the principles are exactly the same but it just makes it easy to understand if I talk about a $100,000 property with a 20% down payment. So that means your down payment is $20,000. We're gonna remember this number because we're gonna keep coming back to the $20,000 down payment in order to illustrate the returns because your return is based on the amount of investment capital that you put up and put into the property on day one. And so in our case here, for our examples, $20,000 is that number. I'm going to take a conservative estimate of cash flow on that $100,000 property. I'm being overly conservative here and calling the net cash flow $200 a month. The reality is, is when you buy property, depending on the location, specifically the neighborhood, and certainly the state and market that it's in, all that will have an impact on your cash flow. But I've seen cash flows from as low as $100 to $150 a month, net, net, true net, meaning that you've deducted vacancy allowance, you've deducted maintenance and repairs, even though you don't spend those necessarily right away or in the first month or necessarily the first year, you're budgeting for it because over the long term, you're going to have those expenses. You're going to have repairs, maintenance, capital expenditures, and you will have vacancies. They might be every year. They might be every five years. But let's just say that cash flows typically range from 100 to about 300, 350 a month in the first year of an acquisition on a purchase like this, a property of 100, 120, $130,000 with 20% down. If you put more down, of course your cash flow goes up because you're servicing less debt. Your mortgage loan is smaller, but I'm assuming we're going to do maximum leverage. So we're going to buy a $100,000 rental property, put the maximum leverage on it, which is 80%. And that means the smallest down payment, which is 20%. And so that's $20,000. We're going to take a conservative cash flow example of a true net $200 a month, which is $2,400 a year. That's the immediate income, the spendable cash. Remember the realized gains we talked about? Well, that's the $2,400 a year. I'm going to assume that our financing is a regular 30-year fixed rate mortgage, so 360 months, and I'm going to assume that we are getting an interest rate of 4.9%. Now, some of you are listening to this saying, well, hey, I just got a loan for 3.875%, which is exactly what I'm closing on tomorrow, 
So rates are actually lower than that, in fact, by more than 1%. But again, I'm taking a very conservative example here. I wanted to call it 5%. The math works out better on 4.9%. So we have a 30-year loan at 4.9%. I'm also going to just kind of put a stake in the ground, middle ground here on appreciation. I can run this model or the scenario and these examples with 1%, 3%, 4%, 8%, whatever you want. I know that over the long term, a lot of the markets, especially the markets we focus on, appreciate anywhere from 3 to 8% per year, and it's different every year, but they average out somewhere between 4 and 6. So for our scenario here, we're just going to go with 4%. I think that's a little bit conservative, but it's certainly realistic because, again, in the right markets, in the right neighborhoods, you should be averaging out 4% per year over the long term. And last but not least, again, this is the last percentage I'm going to throw at you here in terms of assumptions. I'm just going to take a 2% inflation rate, and that, again, is a conservative number. And I'm just going to use that, not in terms of appreciation, but just in terms of how much the rent's going to go up year after year over the long term. 2%, I think, is uh, actually very conservative. Those are the assumptions. So let's just give you the raw numbers now. I'm going to tell you what those returns are. But this math is actually really simple. You could do this yourself on a pad or a spreadsheet. So in year one, we buy a $100,000 property. If it's cash flowing $200 a month, that means it's $2,400 a year in positive cash flow. So what's the math on that? $20,000 down, we just made $2,400 in terms of cash flow. Well, the math is simple. You divide the $2,400 by $20,000 and you get 12%. So we just made a 12% return on our money, 12% return on cash in our first year. So that's an immediate 12% return. Some people refer to this as the COC or cash on cash return. It's all the same thing, whether it, you talk about cash on cash or your immediate cash return, this is 12%, it's an immediate return. But now we've got two other pillars. Remember we talked about this being multi-dimensional. We've got two more to go. In your first year, that $80,000 mortgage is slowly being paid away. Now, keep in mind, with a fully amortized loan, you're going to pay the least amount down in the first year and the most in the last year. It just escalates or accelerates year after year. So every year gets better than the last. So in the first year, you're paying down the least amount. In fact, the equity gain in that first year, based on an interest rate of 4.9%, like we talked about, is $1,202. So that means you've gained, after one year or 12 months, $1,202 in equity growth in that first year. Well, again, let's do the math. Let's take that $1,202 and divide that into your $20,000 down payment. What kind of return on equity are you getting here? The number is 6%. So you've just made a 6% return in unrealized gains on your $20,000 down payment. So that $20,000 investment has now made you 12% return on your cash in terms of cash flow, plus another 6% return on equity because the loan has been amortized by over $1,200. And remember, this is being paid off as part of your principal and interest payment, which is coming out of the gross rent collected on the property. Remember, your tenant is paying your expenses and your debt service. 
But wait, there's more, as they say in the uh, famous infomercials on TV. So let's look at the appreciation on this property. Let's remember, you bought this for $100,000. We are assuming a long-term annual average of 4% per year. Well, the math is simple. $100,000 property, 4% appreciation, that's $4,000. So your return on appreciation, if you want to call it that, it's basically your gain in equity from appreciation, but your return on appreciation is a whopping 20%. Why? Because you just gained $4,000 in appreciation, an unrealized gain, and that $4,000 into the $20,000 down payment works out to be 0.2 or 20%. So let's do the math here. Let's add it up. If you add up your cash flow of 2,400, the equity gain of 1,200, and the appreciation of 4,000, that's an annual gain of $7,602. Again, let's do the simple math. Divide the 7,600 into the 20,000 down payment, and your first year with this one property, $100,000 property, has given you a total return on investment of 38%. It's 20% on the appreciation, 12% on your cash on cash return, and 6% equity return. That's 38%. And guess what? That's your worst year because it only gets better from here. So I know you're not looking at my spreadsheet, but I've got all 30 years laid out. And you could do this yourself in a spreadsheet. But essentially, what we're gaining is a little bit more than 12% as far as a cash on cash return in year number two. And the reason for that is because I decided to raise the rent 2% just to keep up with inflation. I didn't have to do that. Or I could have raised it more. I could have raised it by $25 a month, $50 a month. But just with a 2% inflation rate, it's 12.2%. Let's just call it the same 12%. Now, we're going to amortize our loan a little bit more in that second year. So this year, year number two, we are now paying down an additional $1,262. That's a 6.3% return on equity because that $1,262 divided into the original $20,000 down payment gives us a 6.3% return. On the appreciation side, we're assuming we're gaining another 4% this year. So 4% on the $104,000 property is $4,160 of appreciation. So that's a 20.8% return on appreciation. Add those three numbers up, remember those three dimensions, and this year we get a 39.3% total return on investment. So we went from 38% total return in the first year to 39.3, and it goes up a little bit more each and every year. Now, I wanna point out one thing for those people who are listening to this and are really sharp. I want to make sure that you all understand that I am not adjusting these numbers each and every year for inflation. I am not adjusting that the US dollar is being eroded away by inflation each and every year. You could argue what that rate is. It could be 2%, which is what the Federal Reserve targets. It could be 4%, whatever it is. These are just nominal numbers. I'm not making adjustments for inflation other than the fact that I'm increasing the cash flows by the rate of inflation. So I am in one way actually adjusting for inflation here. But remember that real estate is a natural, powerful inflation hedge. It is actually a natural inflation hedge as an investment, just like gold and silver is over the long term. So by default, the inflation hedge is actually built in to the investment. This investment class is powerful for that. So 
indirectly, I am correcting or adjusting for inflation as time goes on because these will ultimately be inflation-adjusted dollars because it just adjusts naturally each and every year. But I'm not making those mathematical calculations in my conversation with you here. So let's just fast forward five years. Let's go to year number five. In year number five, our monthly cash flow has gone up. So our annual cash flow is now $2,600. And those were small adjustments, by the way. That's 2% per year. So now we're getting a 13% cash-on-cash return on that $20,000 down payment in year number one. When we look at our equity, it's a 7.3% equity return because now we've paid down another $1,461 from our principal. On the appreciation side, we are now gaining $4,679 in appreciation at the end of year five, which is a 23.4% gain or rate of return compared to the original $20,000 down payment. Now, I know this starts to get a little ridiculous sounding because if you add those three numbers up, the three pillars here, you've got a 43.7% total return on investment. That is pretty incredible. It's hard to imagine other investments that produce these types of returns for you. So that's one property. Now, what if you purchased five properties this year, or let's just say one per year for the next five years, or maybe you want to take it to 10 properties? Where are you going to be in five or 10 years from now across five or 10 properties that are producing returns like this? Sure, it's not the perfect investment, but is there really any perfect investment? There's going to be bumps in the road, you're going to have some issues here and there, you know, something will happen, the sink is not working and the faucet needs to be replaced or whatever it may be. You let your property managers handle that stuff. Stay focused on the big picture. Stay focused on the tremendous upside potential and the big gains that compound and grow over time, over the years. So I wanted to illustrate what the real returns of real estate investing are, not just the first year returns or the nominal returns, but what the potential is here. So again, just to recap, you have income, equity, and appreciation. Those are the three main pillars of returns. The depreciation just helps lower to minimize or eliminate the tax impact from that income. Of course, you can eliminate the tax impact from the equity gains and the appreciation gains when you do a 1031 exchange or a cash out refi. And so it's a very powerful vehicle. So the bottom line here is this. Real estate is a multi-dimensional investment, meaning that you get returns, both realized and unrealized, from different factors, different components of that real estate that grow year after year. Secondly, I want to make sure that you understand that you shouldn't always focus heavily or exclusively on cash flow alone, especially in the beginning, because the real magic, the real power of investing in real estate comes as you look at it year after year, as you start to compound returns, but also take advantage of equity growth and redeploy that, reinvest that into more property. And third, focusing on cash flow alone can actually be very short-sighted. I know that there are some investors that want to build a portfolio and they're focused on property types and in locations that maximize cash flow and they're really not concerned about equity growth, especially when it comes to appreciation. And that's all well and fine. You're missing out on a big piece of the potential gains of real estate. But for them, their strategy is to just put their capital, they may be sitting on a lot of cash, a mountain of cash, but they just want it to put it to work. They wanna park it into real estate, protect it with real estate, 
and turn it into an income stream. They're not after the appreciation, they're after the cash flow. And that's fine. That's just a strategy for a particular type of investor. And in just closing, I just want to point out, in my example here with the $100,000 property in that first year, I just want to point out the ratios of the returns. With the cash flow, that first year return was 12%. Compare that to the equity return on the amortization of the loan, which ended up being 6%, so roughly half of the cash return. But then look at the return, again, unrealized return on the appreciation at 4% after that first year. It's 20%. So the appreciation gain is roughly about double the return on the cash. And it's almost three times the return on the amortization, the return on equity. So as you start to look at those numbers after five years, after 10 years, and then even after 30 years, you will start to understand that the huge upside potential in real estate is creating wealth through equity growth, through appreciation, and then redeploying that equity growth into more real estate or maybe other investments and turning that into your favor by increasing your income. All right. Well, I hope that made sense. I know this was a little bit geeky. I do have my propeller head on, but I love playing with spreadsheets. Anyway, I hope this was helpful. I think you just need to understand how powerful real estate investing can be and why, and you need to have patience. So again, it's that old saying, don't wait to buy real estate. Buy real estate and wait, and you will see what happens. But buy intelligently and buy prudently. So with that, I want to just wrap it up here. If this is of interest to you and you haven't really dug down deep into this, talk to one of my investment counselors here. If you're already working with us, fantastic. If not, and you're on the fence or you're thinking about real estate or your next move with real estate, just contact us for a free strategy session. We can go into this a little bit more with you. If you have any other question about real estate investing or anything related to this, just send it over to me at askmarco.com or just go to passiverealestateinvesting.com and you can submit a question to me there. Remember to subscribe. Don't miss out on these episodes. I think that for a lot of people, these are quite helpful. Maybe just get you know some new perspective on real estate and investing. Help us spread the word, share the show with your friends, visit us on iTunes, leave us a rating review. I do read them and I thank you in advance for those. And once again, thanks for listening and I will see you on our next episode. Are you on track to achieve your financial goals? Income-producing real estate is the most historically proven way to accumulate wealth and has created more financial freedom than any other means. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best turnkey cash flow rental properties. Our simple proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly income. Get your free strategy session with our knowledgeable investment counselors at noradarealestate.com. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com. Nothing on this show should be considered specific personal or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate legal, tax, real estate, or business professional for individualized advice. For distribution or publication rights and media interviews, please contact the host.